Welcome to the Convenience Economy Podcast, where we discuss how the buyer's journey has changed the way B2B software is acquired and how B2B companies are adapting or getting left behind. Welcome everyone to the Convenience Economy Podcast. Today, my distinguished guest is Joe Williams. Joe, let's get started by telling everyone a little bit about yourself and, and, and how we got to where we are today. I appreciate the invite, Greg. And uh, again, I, I'm not so sure about the word distinguished for me in my career, but having uh, been asked to do this, I look back and I, I realized I've been doing this for over 30 years. So uh, it started less as a career and, and more of a job, if you will. I, I was interviewing for marketing positions. That's what I really wanted to do. That was my background in college. And uh, everybody told me I needed sales experience. So I started selling, selling copiers, which uh, as you can imagine, was a little tough but uh, certainly got me interested in the competitive nature of the, of the sales career. But when I moved to ADP is when it became less of a job and more of a career. Their sales training program is top notch. The organization, the sales culture really got me into the, the career that is sales and you know, took me to where I am today. I moved on from there to Oracle, which was my first stint in technology. And now here today, I'm on my fourth pre-IPO startup at a company called Secupy, which stands for Secure Personal Information. And as you know, in this world that we live in today, data, you know, AI, BI, business intelligence, artificial intelligence is, is really big these days. And the security, the compliance and privacy around that data is what we do at Secupy. So uh, here we are. Here we are. So in full transparency for the audience, I've known Joe since 1998. I was a pre-sales engineer at Ariba and, and I naturally globbed on to the, the, the best salespeople in the organization. So Joe was one of the guys I used to do demos for. And part of our deal today was Joe is not going to tell any of the embarrassing stories about Greg and some of the things that he did. So we're going to continue on. But I just thought full transparency. Uh, Joe and I used to you know, sell some great deals together. And then it was a pleasure working with Joe and being a pre-sales engineer, top notch, and had a lot of fun. Yeah, Greg, I think we both have some pictures and skeletons and stories. So uh, I think we have equal uh, dirt on each other. But one thing I will say, Greg, what was fun is always selling into the large enterprises, you know, that business to business environment that, you know, I grew up in and still in today. You know, we, we've learned a lot together, right? It's uh, yeah, all right. For sure. So we've both been in the B2B world for a little bit. Joe, let's kind of start off at the top, right? And that, you know, through the, as you said, 30 years that you've been involved in, you know, B2B, I think we could both agree that we're starting to see, or we have seen, right, a change in, in the buyer. We can call it the convenience buyer, the modern buyer, the self-service buyer. But, you know, what are you seeing in the, in, the, in the buyers that you have today, you know, versus like you said, you walked through, you had, you had, you know, Oracle, Ariba. I also know you were at Salesforce, Inside Sales. So kind of in those different areas, have you seen, are you seeing a different change? Yeah. So a couple of things on that, you know, the word change itself, right? As technology has changed at this exponential pace that it has, the process around selling and buying has changed as well. But it's not just because of technology, right? It, it's the, the knowledge that's out there. It's the, the educated buyer, if you will, that's really changed. And it's interesting because, you know, the pace of change has, you know, really not been equal in that the buying process has changed considerably. And I don't believe the selling process has, you know, in kind changed as rapidly as it could or should have. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, 
you know, Joe, you know, I, there's all kinds of stats out there. And I always like to validate this with a with a real sales professional, someone that's in it every day. And so we hear from, you know, Forrester, Gartner, other that, you know, X percent, right? I'll leave it blank for now. X percent of the of the buyer's journey is complete before they raise their hand, right, to want to talk to a salesperson. Well, in your opinion, what is that percentage? Is it fair to say, you know, 20, 40, 50, 60? What, in your experience, is that kind of watermark where you know that that buyer you're talking to today has done a lot of the homework on their own as opposed to right 20 years ago they had to go to joe for everything well not opinion right there's factual information out there my prior employer inside sales now known as zant.ai they're sitting on a ton of data and when i say that it's data around the selling process the buying process sales progression so how you go from like you know an interested person or suspect all the way through to a qualified lead to a sale and the data that they're sitting on tells very distinctly 67% of the buying process is completed or engaged before they ever talk to a sales professional today. So think about that stat. Wow. I mean, wow. you know, I, I think of when I first started in sales, the, the role of a salesperson was to be in front of a customer, educating them on something they knew little about. You know, they, they relied on a sales professional to teach them, to educate them today through the click or swipe of my thumb or finger on this computer I have in my pocket, I can find out a lot of information about what you're selling, how you're selling your competitors, your price, the value, you know, just the, the social uptick, you know, the, does everybody like your product or not? I can get that without ever listening to any sales professional. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, you know, astute of you, right. And critical. Cause I think about, you know, there's lots of, of, of conversations about the fact that, you know, the, the Internet makes the salesperson smarter. Right. And, 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 and yet people forget to think about the fact that guess what? Right. The buyer is smarter as well. When you and I were together at Ariba in 1998, demoing to some of those large companies, they they had to talk to you and I. Right. No one knew anything. There's no place to learn anything about Ariba except through Joe and through Greg. Right. And now, as you're saying, 66, 7 percent if that, you know, that number right? is astonishing. Joe, as you know, you've been in the business a long time, right? So clearly you, there's been other changes that have happened in the industry and you had to adapt as a sales leader. Cause you've been a sales leader. You've been a, you know, an individual contributor. You've done them all right. What, what are you doing to kind of embrace that change? Cause if you didn't embrace the change, you'd be out of this job, right? You'd be out of this, out of this world of selling. So what are you, what are some of the things you're doing a little bit differently in order to embrace that change? Cause I know you are. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, you know, the best sales professionals are chameleon-like. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in the way that they change according to what their environment is. It's more Darwinian, if you will. You know, the best, you know, the fittest survive, meaning, you know, how do you fit into this environment? And, you know, I, I go back to what my father told me years ago. You have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. And the point is, is if you listen, the data will tell you what you need to do. And today buyers are listening through the data, all the information onslaught that they have and access to. On the supply, excuse me, sales side, I, I don't believe we as professionals have listened as much as we should have or are starting to now, right? Where it's not just the technical changes that are out there, there's a shift in power that the buyer is no longer reliant upon a salesperson to be that confidant to that, you know, that specialist, if you will, up front. There is still absolutely a role for the sales professional, but it's it's further down the funnel, if you will. It's further down the process. And it also means that you better bring something to the table, right? Like, you know, the days of having a clever way of breaking into a C-level or 
having a unique, you know, value proposition, you know, that's just based on some architecture. That's not the way people are spending their time now. So you have to listen and you have to learn from the information that's being provided to you as sales professionals. Well, that's gospel right there. I mean, that's, that, 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 that statement is, is so true is that in, in, you know, two years and, and one mouth and the fact that you're, you know, your salespeople, your, your buyer, right. You need to bring something to the table. And, you know, cause what we're, what we see Joe a lot, right. Amadim is all about helping the buyer buy, right. And helping, you know, that, 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 that first part of that 67% of the journey, how do you help that? And we see, you know, the, the, the MarTech and the sales tech space is very, very crowded, but, they're all crowded with trying to wring the next ounce or, you know, 1.4% productivity out of the salesperson when in essence, what we're seeing is that the buyer, right? It, they want things on demand, no opt-in, no scheduling. They want it digital. They want to learn, you know, in a digital self-learning way. And we see a lot of, of, of video, right? In, in the world of the buyer wanting to, if you're going to buy software. If you're going to buy certain things, you're right. You want to watch it. You want to see it. You want to feel it. You want to pretend that you're using that. Have you seen in, 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 in your, where you are now or other places that, 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 you know, buyers come to you and they've, they've watched some video about, you know, about the technology and, and, and that helped them to understand and maybe get that top layer that they used to come to you, uh, you know, about, where now that they've learned that on their own, now they're going to get into the nitty gritty, like you said, and engage with you, but in a much deeper way. Yeah, there's a couple of points I want to make on, on what you just said, because, you know, you talk about single digits, you know, 1.4%. Think about all the onslaught of information you get in your email, on your phone, and it, you listen to less than, you know, it's single percentage, right? Like a lot of it's just noise in the system. And I think a lot of the marketing executives still are hanging on to that. Well, we need to do a mass mailing or, you know, we need to do this kind of, you know, uh, uh, account-based marketing, right? You know, they, they talk about this, these programs that really have single digit returns at best. Whereas if you look towards the B2C environment on the consumer side of things, we've learned in the enterprise space that people's experience in a personal, social, and unique way are bleeding into the business environment. What do I mean by that? I, on a daily basis, whether I'm at home, you know, with my kids or doing something, you know, I learn through the internet, through video every day. It's a very easy way for me to get an understanding about a product or, you know, a situation or a question I have. And, you know, as opposed to reading reams of information, video is just a really convenient way. And by the way, I can get that video on my phone. I don't have to sit down in front of a computer or be in a business environment. I, I think, you know, with Amadim, when you guys came to me about three years ago and talked about what you're doing, I was excited because it's like, this is what we've been doing in our personal lives for years. Like, look at your kids, you know, they're watching video every day and it's not just a fun thing. They're learning through video. I'm doing things from a home improvement perspective through video. Why wouldn't we do that in the business world? And back to that value prop of where the business, you know, buyer experience has changed greatly and the sales experience has, and we need to start selling through video and meaning relinquish that control up front, give buyers that power that they already have, and be transparent about what you're doing in a, you know, a one to two minute video, you're going to get a lot further down that path, that funnel, than if you're trying to make somebody authenticate based on an email with a login to your website, 
which everybody's going to go ooh and abandon pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 Joe. I, I I see that right. I mean, you know me. I'm a hobbyist at home, right? I do woodworking and I and 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 I, and I work on the on the farm. And gosh, there's so many new things. I have no idea, you know, how it how it's supposed to be done or how it works. And I turn to YouTube, and that's why the stats show that 68% of all YouTube searches start with the words "how to" because if we want to see how something works. Gosh, would you rather read a 42 page manual on how to put the gas grill together or would you rather watch a video on how to do it and be able to get to the section where, you, you know, some of it you understand, some of it you don't, right? And I think that's what you're saying is that we, right, consume, you know, video. But I want to move to something else you just said that I think is really, really important. And that is that what we hear, right, in Amadim, we're trying to change behavior, we're trying to get people to use, you know, more of the, of, of the technology that we have. But a lot of sales professionals come back and say, wow, you know, Greg, we, we, we hear what you're talking about, but gee, I'm a sales professional and I need to build the relationship. I need to control that, you know, that buyer. And, and, and Joe, you said relinquish control. So it sounds like you come to accept that the buyer has changed. Therefore, you have to make a change. And one of the changes you've made is said, hey, let them do some stuff on their own. Let me build up that trust by giving them the information that they want. And then they'll come to me when they're ready to engage. Is that a, is that a true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And in my former employment, again, with Inside Sales, Dan, you know, we talk about the selling process and we talk to sales professionals every day there, right? Most sales professionals, unfortunately, are resistant to change. You know, they're very comfortable doing their spreadsheet forecast on a weekly basis or quarterly basis and what have you. And the sales people that they manage are very comfortable doing things in a certain way. And it is all about a comfort. And, you know, with, with the buying process that has changed, you need to embrace the fact that guess what, they're going to do it anyhow. So if you're holding on to an old way of selling, if an old way of engagement is giving you comfort, all you're doing is ignoring the fact that you're alienating or, you know, missing all of the prospects that you could be engaging and consulting and educating through other channels such as video. Yeah. Again, I, I think about it in my personal life. Craig, if I go to a, a website search and I'm looking for something specific, the companies that are reluctant to give me that information or worse yet are asking me to authenticate and give you my personal information before they'll give me an answer, I don't argue with, I don't try to engage further. I just swipe left and, and yeah. I go to the next one. And once I get to the vendor or the company that's comfortable enough to say, here's the information you're looking for. Now, can we help you further down that path? They're the ones I trust. They're the ones I engage. So I put that back into the business environment. I talk to sales professionals like, why wouldn't you do the same with your company, your product in a business environment? Yeah, give them what they're looking for. Be educational, be consultative, give them that quick hit answer. And they're going to remember that, right? right? That, that's where Joe. I'm it's saying relinquish control and give it back to the buyer because they're going to take it anyhow. Yeah. And it's that trust, right? It's, it, it's kind of like in our personal lives, right? You just hit the nail on that, right? That car dealer that's answering the questions for you in, in, a, in a digital way on demand about that, that new vehicle you're looking at. When the day comes that you're ready to buy, because we know darn well that everyone in the market is not buying today, but when the day comes that you're ready to buy, who, where are you going to go first? To the person that said, oh yeah, you come and see me, sit at this desk, Go through the inquisition of all the information of are you qualified to buy, blah, 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 blah. Then we'll tell you the data or the one that just says, yo, here's your answer. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm getting ready to buy a car. Let me give that guy first opportunity to work with me because that's they've, they've established trust. Now, I think yeah. that's the key 
that that the inner you know the the the, the convenience economy is 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 establishing is that 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 kind of on-demand digital world. So I I could agree with you more. Hey, just a couple more topics here. We're going to run out of time. So. The next thing I wanted to ask your opinion on, right, is that we also see that the buying teams, right, are larger today. It's more consensus buying than heck, 20 years ago when you and I were selling. We got to the decision maker and, you know, you got to the decision maker and that was what the job was, right, to influence that decision maker because they'd make the decision. I think today that's changed. There's more people involved in the buying process. Is that what you're seeing? Absolutely. And again, back to the stats that I had from the prior company, on average, an enterprise decision isn't made without seven to 10 people involved in that decision. That is a much more complex environment because you think about the different levels. You know, there'll be people at a lower level that may be, you know, influencers, but not buyers. But at the same time, those influencers are important because people are buying by committee. So it's harder for a salesperson to understand that. But again, when we get back to the convenience economy you're talking about, you know, if you provide a video, if you provide them a very quick way, that can get amplified through an organization very quickly, right? So I'm not gonna send somebody in my organization a long, lengthy, wordy email, you know, or even some kind of architecture. But if there's a, you know, 30 to 90 second clip that tells me, you know, what I wanted to hear, I'll forward that around to these other 15 or 20 people with my organization. So I think video plays a large role in that. And again, because there's so many more people, it actually gives you better reach than if you were trying to do it on and on on a one-off basis. Yeah, yeah. Because I think what you know what what we see right. I, but look at I'm in software, right? Is that the the buying team of the of the Fortune you know 500 that I'm selling to? Yeah, you know, there's 10 or 12 of you as you mentioned, Joe. But I don't meet them all. I get to meet two or three, right? And I get very little of their time, right? I don't get 90% of their time, I get like 10% of their buying cycle. And then I get 0% of the people I had, I don't even know are part of the team. And I think, you know, it sounds like you've come to accept that. I know you sell a security product. Gosh darn, there's no way one person makes a security decision at a large company when it comes to PII and personal data and encryption. There must, those teams must be massive. And, and that makes it harder for you unless you figure out a way to reach, right? Those anonymous ones that are influencing your deal, but you don't know they're there. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, just real quick on Succupy in that regard, everybody needs it. So it's not like, you know, who who doesn't need this? It's like a life preserver on the Titanic. It's, it's not a want or would like to have, it's a need. You know, people have to secure their data. The question is, is where are they on the educational front of knowing what they have and what they don't have? And that's where we consult. That's where we provide a lot of information up front out of the eight. You know, it's a cliche, but our best consumer is an educated buyer. The more they know about their situation, the more they know about the market, the better, you know, they are at being a qualified opportunity for us. Fantastic. So, Joe, when I started thinking about Amadim almost three years ago, I was driving. I remember the day at, at, you know, like it was yesterday. And I said, you know, I got to call Joe Williams because Joe's a really experienced person in the field. I want to ask Joe a question. And I was talking to you about my idea and you said the following, you said today's sales process is perfect for the customer of 20 years ago. What did you mean by that? <laughs> it's, it's what I said <laughs> early on is because of all this access to information and the way in which people in their personal lives are able to self-educate and even self-qualify, whether they're a, you know, a prospect or not for a certain product or service, that's bled into the business world where the buying process is significantly changed because of access to this information and what people are very comfortable with and the selling process hasn't. 
right? You know, having an electronic system like a CRM to track all that information didn't change what I'm tracking or how I'm tracking it or worse yet, how I'm managing these sales professionals. So I think companies like Omnin are helping, you know, shed the light on how that can you know, really be impactful and not only, you know, make you more efficient and more proficient, but actually a better experience for your buying community, right? You know, they're going to be happier with your company because you volunteer the information they need to see and what they want to see. And with Amadin, you're providing that organization back signals into what their buying community is asking for or not asking for. And it allows you to pivot left to right based on that data that Amadin is going to provide back to them. I think that's invaluable. And that'll yeah. change your selling process based on data, based on, you know, really real information. Great. Feedback. Great. Thanks for that. That was perfect. Hey, Joe, so I like to end all my podcasts, right, with, uh, you know, the, the audience, hope they, they learned a lot, right? You're, you're, you brought a lot of good points up today. But if there's one thing, right, one thing you could stale to the audience that maybe some of these are junior reps, maybe they're you know, just getting started. Heck, maybe they're, you know, a, 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 as experienced as you and I, and they want to learn one thing new. Give me that. Give me that. Give my audience that. It's got to be two things for me. I'm sorry, I can't do one. But <laughs> First and foremost, be genuine. Uh, there's a sales trainer out there named Barry Ryan. He talks about being genu genuinely curious. And I just leave it as just be genuine. If you're asking questions or you're inquiring or trying to get in front of a customer, people can tell if you're you know, laying down some kind of shtick versus you know, a factual request for information because you're genuinely interested. Be genuine. And the second thing I'd say is know your customer. And when I say that, if you think about the different people you're talking to in an organization, each one is a customer, but each one has a different motivation behind them, right? There's coaches, there's C-levels, and there's people in between. Each person is a different person. Treat them uniquely. Know your customer, right? And that can be internal and external. And like I can say, it, it's across the continuum of people you speak to. Each one's different. Know your customer, and that will dictate how you interact with that person. And if you do it in a genuine way, that'll always carry the day. So that's why Joe Williams is successful wherever he goes, right? It's because even though things have changed, that hasn't changed. Joe was genuine back in the in the 90s when I worked with him, and he's genuine today, and he's generous with his time here today. So, Joe, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. I'm going to wrap it up here. Thanks so much, and, and, and appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to get on the Convenience Economy podcast. It was a pleasure, Greg. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Convenience Economy podcast. And remember to rate, view, and subscribe. And for past episodes, go to omadin.com.